joy. You know, lights were an, import, an important part of the very first Christmas. The angels did this dazzling light show, came through this portal, this portal was open, and the glory of God came to earth. Angels um, did this light show in the sky, and the shepherds saw it and heard this wonderful message that to all of mankind, that's you and I, is born a saviour, Jesus. And so they rush off into Bethlehem and they find the Christ. And the wise men, they saw another bright star, right? They followed this star all the way to Bethlehem and they followed it to where the saviour was born. Let's see if we can get something up there. Um, just a um, scripture would be helpful. Just a bit of light. You understand? A bit. Oh, there we go. No, we need to go back. Oh, hang on. There we go. The Bible in, one, in John chapter 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Now, we know that the Word is who? Jesus. So Jesus was always there. He was in the beginning and he was God. And we sang that very thing in our first song uh, this morning. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So when you look up into the night sky and you see the whole of creation or you stand... This, did you hear that? There's, there's somebody living in the baptistry and every now and again it goes <laughs> something like that. So if you see me disappear somewhere, you see technicals come out and grab me, then you'll know what's happening. So if you look up into the, light, into the night sky, you realise that Christ without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Now that's the key for you and I. Jesus, in Jesus is life. And Jesus came to give us what? Abundant life. Abundant life. Not life that's made up of things that make us feel happy momentarily, but to give us life, real joy in our life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. What does it mean when, when it talks about God sending Jesus to be the light in a dark world? John's not talking, is he, about physical darkness here. No, he's talking about spiritual darkness and it's a personal spiritual darkness. We know that unconfessed sin and unrepentant lives separate people from God. You and I were in that very, very camp. We were separated from him because we, we didn't even recognize our sin. And if we did, we, we, we just wanted to bury it. And we certainly didn't want to turn around and change the direction of our lives because, for goodness sake, we wanted to have control of our lives. Why would you hand your life over to Jesus Christ? And that was one of the big battles I had when Christ came to me and said, Graham, I want you to follow me. I want you to know me. I want you 
to serve me. I said, no, 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 I am not going to do that. In fact, um, I remember saying to the Lord, um, even though I didn't know him, I said, I don't want you in my life. I don't want you uh, uh, to control me, to manage my life. You've already screwed up my life, so why would I hand it over to you? Little did I know that God has a perfect plan for our lives and it wasn't until by faith you step out and accept him as your Lord and Saviour that that plan begins to unfold and what a glorious plan it is that we might know and love him and serve him. And you know, so people ignore God and they do their own thing just like I did. Then those people like I was, like many of you were, are in spiritual darkness. Well, light is a major theme in the Bible. And the Bible says in 1 John that God is light and in him is no darkness. Again, the very first command, you'll remember from God in creation, was let there be light. And Jesus said this. This is a bold statement, really. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all, are you, look, that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. We know that when we accept Christ as our Lord and, uh, uh, and Saviour, there's like a veil gets taken off our eyes and the, the darkness is removed and light, we see, we understand uh, the greatness of our God and of his great grace in our own lives. I have come as a light, Jesus said, to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Now today and especially as Christmas is just really around the corner, I want to spend a little time speaking of Christ who is the true light. That's what John said. He's the true light that enlightens every person. And how Jesus, how he can dispel any clouds of darkness that may be over your life at this time. I want to look specifically at three types of dark days and how Christmas is God's response. It's God's answer to those dark days through the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are these dark days? Well, the first one I want to talk a little bit about is disappointment. About dealing with disappointment in our lives and how Christ comes to to save us from that disappointment, to relieve us from that disappointment. I want to talk a little bit about the dark days of distress because this time of year tends to be uh, that time when there's a rub on us and all of our anxieties and our fears uh, rise to the surface and there's a distress that comes upon us. And there's also these days of, of doubt, of uncertainty, unsure of what uh, is going to happen today or, or tomorrow into the future. So uncertainty. First of all, let's talk a little bit about the days of disappointment. 
Job said these words and we, we know how disappointed Job was. He said, I looked for good, but evil came instead. I waited for the light, but darkness fell. I waited for the light, but darkness fell. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever looked and hoped for one thing, but were desperately disappointed with the outcome? I know I have. And I'm sure you have as well. Experience tells me that life is filled with disappointment. How about uh, when the plans that we make just go all pear-shaped? Or the circumstances we desperately hoped would change didn't? Or what about those close and intimate relationships we really believe were strong and firm but they collapsed I know what that feels like I have three children who are divorced I know what a father and a mother feels I know what it's like to lay beside your wife at 2am in the morning and just hear her cry I know the pain of the father when that happens. There's a huge sense of disappointment that begins to weigh you down. And I can imagine that Mary was disappointed when the time came for her baby to be born. Gabriel tells her, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be the son of God. He's going to be the Messiah. And However, when it's time for the Saviour, the Messiah, the Son of God to be born, he's born in a stable. And you can only imagine, ladies, what would be going through this slip of the kid, what was going through her mind. Of course, it's one thing to have an angel say, this is going to be the Son of God and the Messiah and the Lord of all the earth. But it's another thing to all of a sudden find you're sitting in a stinking, smelly, horrible stable. You know, back in 2011, I was in India. I was out in a village. And uh, we had just uh, preached the gospel. It was late at night. We had a two-hour drive back to where we were staying. We all jumped in the car, totally exhausted, been a huge day, looking forward to getting the air conditioning on in the car and getting back to a fairly comfortable hotel. And just as we were driving out, um, the pastor who was working in this little village of all Hindus, who was planting a church in this little village, ran alongside of the car shouting, please don't go yet. Please come to our house and pray with us. So uh, we said yes. So the car stopped and he was excited. His wife was excited. 
um, a whole <laughs> crowd of people. This is like 11 o'clock at night, you know, there's a whole crowd of people go to his house. You know what his house was? It was a stable. When we opened the door of that stable, it stunk. And over in one little part of this stable was a double bed. And just over a little bit further was just a, a little gas stove. And as you walked in, there was a trough. There was a manger, a trough. And it was filled with all kind like hay. And there were two oxen eating and excreting and doing everything all over the floor. The place stunk. Don't ever get the idea that this stable that Jesus was born in was some sanitized, beautiful thing and God got the Dyson out before the baby was born and cleaned it up. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. It stunk. And so could you imagine, just imagine how Mary would have felt. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, born in such a place, I think she would naturally be disappointed. And each of us experience times when we're deeply disappointed. Sometimes our prayers are not answered the way we would like them to be answered. Amen? And have you ever said to the Lord, I know I have, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in you, Lord, because... You didn't answer the way I thought you should. But how gracious and loving and forgiving and kind and patient he is with this person here. And so um, we feel disappointment. And likewise, each of us experience disappointment in some form or another. And we also may journey through these dark days of doubt. What does that mean for you and I? That's, that's when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed out. You're feeling timed out. You're feeling stretched out. It's when you've got too much to do and very little time to do it or when you're emotionally and physically, physically exhausted, or your finances are stretched, and, or perhaps they're non-existent. It's when you get up and go is gone. It's headed out the door. And I'm seeing some people shake their heads this morning because that is what life can do to us. It wears us down. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that Mary is probably feeling so distressed as well. In the first place, she was nine months pregnant, so to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem is a journey of about 140 kilometres, having had the opportunity to be in uh, Middle East and in Jerusalem, some of you guys as well, and you've gone to Nazareth, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This is not just a highway. <laughs> Right? It's just through the most rugged country that you'd ever want to see on this planet. So here she is, she's nine months pregnant and she's got a week's journey ahead of her. 
uh, on the back of a donkey. I think that if she was like me, I'd be feeling a little distressed about it. It's the first baby and she's away from uh, the love and support of her family. She's alone, finally gets alone in this smelly stable or something similar. And I can only imagine that it would be really stressful for the young Mary. And I wonder, I wonder if she has some doubts now. I wonder if, if, she, if she's feeling anything. Yeah, okay, Gabriel has come to her, this great mighty archangel, this, this messenger of God and gives her the message. But I wonder if there's any, any doubt that's creeping into her. Well, I wonder um, this morning, have you experienced any of those days of doubt? And Jesus said this, my light will shine for you just a little longer. He's talking to the people and his disciples here. And then he says this, walk in the light while you can so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Have you ever lost your way? Have you ever felt like your head is in some kind of a fog? And when you think back on your past, you become full of perhaps regrets and disappointments. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing as a pastor that you're able to visit people and, and be with them and sometimes in the most, well, at the very end of their lives. And you hear them say to you, even on their deathbed. You know, Graham, I have no regrets. I've lived a full life and God has been good to me. I have no regrets. But I wonder if, uh, if perhaps somewhere along the line there's some regret and disappointment. Or when you look at the present, what's happening in your life right now? What is it that's happening in your life right now? And you become anxious and fearful perhaps even angry at what's taking place. Or when you look at your future, you become even more anxious and you become even more troubled. How is this going to work out? I'm in this spot right now. How, who's going to get me out of it? How am I going to move on? What is the future for me? You know? Jesus says this, that those who walk in darkness cannot see where they're going. And I wonder if you've ever felt like that. What does my future hold? Where am I headed? And you wander around kind of in the dark. Now, I'm sure at this stage you're saying, gee whiz, Graham, lighten up, it's Christmas. <sighs> Disappointment, distress and doubt. When does this get better? Yeah, okay, all right. As you see up there. That's exactly what. Well, it is going to get better and Graham's going to lighten up. Yep, okay. <laughs> when I wrote that, I thought it was a good one. You know, we're talking about light. Uh, yeah, okay. Michael, could you just turn the air con up a little bit more so that, you know, <laughs> everyone frees them. <laughs> okay. 
So where do you turn in your dark days? What's the antidote? Well, Samuel says this, You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. You, Lord, are my lamp. Now, we could get right into that now uh, and, and talk about it, it's, it's not that you are given a lamp and we're going to talk a little bit about that shortly. But the Lord is your lamp. When you are in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, who enlightens every person that comes to him, he is your light. It's just like he is your joy. He is your peace. He is your strength. He is your everything. So Jesus is the one. He's the one who is your lamp. And he's the one that turns darkness into light. But how does he do that? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus came to dispel the darkness that can creep into our lives. That darkness that's created through disappointment or doubt or, or distress or name a hundred million other things. But how does he do that? How does he dispel that darkness? Well, First and foremost, Jesus, through the cross, saved me, saved you from the power and penalty of sin. Sin is a great darkness that separates us from God. And in Isaiah, um, Isaiah says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. In a time of great darkness, God promised to send an even greater light that would drive out the darkness and shine on every living soul living in the land of darkness. Now, could I, um, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, be guilty of, of, you know, sort of just drawing this out a little bit more and making an example and talking about even our own nation, guys, is a land in deep darkness. And truly, you don't need me to tell you that. But a great light, a greater light that's greater than the darkness has come. And that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. The one true light in a world of countless counterfeit lights is the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to save people from their sin and turns our darkness into light. Now I've said to you many times, I don't assume anything when I stand up here. And today, you may, you may be someone who says, you know, Graham, I, I, think, I think I'm one of those people in the, that's walking in darkness. I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him as this, 
as the light, as the one who can give me light and life. I don't know him. So I'm, I'm in darkness. So how do I get out of darkness? And it's what we also understand as the gospel. We come to him, we confess our sin to him, and we give him our life. The very thing that I didn't want to do is the very thing that we all need to do. To give ourselves to him, to confess our sins, and to turn our lives around. We begin to walk in another direction with his grace and help and the empowering of his spirit who lives within us. So where do you turn in your dark days? You turn to Jesus, our great encourager. And this is what happens when you're disappointed. He encourages you when you're disappointed. How does he encourage us? He encourages us with his presence. The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. Have you lost all hope? Or have you, just, have you lost hope? Have you lost all hope? Then Jesus is the answer. He's the one who encourages us. He draws near to us. Don't forget, when Gabriel stood before Mary, he said his name will be Emmanuel. That means God with us. Church, aren't you, aren't you so, so glad that Jesus is near? Aren't you so encouraged and strengthened and built up in your faith this morning to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is near, that he's with us, he hasn't forsaken us, that he is with us. He's not let you go. I want to say that God has not left the building. He is still here. He is with us. And we are his what? Building. So he's not left us. He's still here. And surely that's your hope and my hope for today. It's your hope and my hope for tomorrow. It's your hope and my hope for whatever the future might have for you. Whatever 2016 and beyond has for you. Jesus is the answer. He's the one. Don't you love him? Really, he's the one. And I know that this has been a tough year for many of you. And uh, the things that you planned for didn't eventuate. And the dreams and the things that you'd hoped for, they just didn't happen. Maybe at some point you've even asked this question, where is God in everything that's happened in my life? Well, he's where he's always been. He's been with you. He's been with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He encourages us in our disappointments. He reminds us that he will never, never let you go and that he will be with you as you go through whatever you need to go through. You know, people say, oh, you Christians, you just need a crutch and Jesus is your crutch. And I go, hallelujah. What's your crutch? Mine is the living Lord Jesus Christ, the creator and sustainer of all things, the one who loves me and gave his life for me. Yeah, his word says, don't, 
Don't trust in your own understanding, but lean on me. Oh, man. That's what we've got to do, haven't we? We've got to lean on him. And he'll never fail or forsake you. He's with you. You know, I'm convinced that God uses those times of disappointment just to get our attention. Um, it's like a red flashing light. He wants to say to us um, who have been through those disappointments, um, yeah, he knows our pain, but he is with us. And so, um, he will guide me. He will guide you through when you're feeling that way. Jesus said, um, when you're uncertain and feeling insecure about which way to go, he says this, I am the light of the world. If you, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You know, every person on this planet, every person on this planet is looking for the pathway to life. And we've tried everything, haven't we? We've really tried everything. Man, we can't get any more tech savvy. We can't fill our homes up with any bigger, um, you know, TVs and everything else. Well, I mean, we've tried it all. We've tried it all in the endeavour to find life. What did Solomon say? It's all vanity. It's all wind. It's nothing. Jesus is the light and the life of all who come to him. So what are you anxious and worried about? What's got you uptight? What keeps you up at night? You know, your stomach churning around. You're going to have big decisions to make in 2016, I guarantee that. You will have some big decisions. And when you face that moment of, of decision, God, who was working, and if you were here last week, God, who is working upstream in your life, he will give you the right advice, the good sense, and the right guidance when you need it. And he does that and much, much more through his word. And his word is totally trustworthy and totally reliable. The word says this. Whoops. Doesn't matter. You know the word. It says this in Psalm 119 and 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is the reliable guide for your life and for my life. It is like that flashlight. It illuminates the way ahead. It keeps you and I from stumbling and it helps you and I to see things clearly. Well, it's only five more, oh, six more sleeps? Five more sleeps. Five more sleeps. Well done, Barry. Five more sleeps to go. Perhaps. Yep, it is. 
And you may be feeling really overwhelmed at this time. And maybe you are filled with disappointment or distress or uncertainty. The good news is because of Christmas, there is now a light in the world. And that light is our Lord Jesus. He's able to drive away whatever darkness is hanging over you. And he is the great encourager, our faithful and ever-present Lord. The word says this in 1 John 2.8, the darkness in our lives disappears and the new light of life in Christ shines out. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and we thank you for all of your grace and for being with us. And I pray, Father, for every person here. I not only pray that during days of disappointment or distress or doubt that they may know your presence and your encouragement uh, with them, but I pray particularly for everyone here that they will know you, Lord Jesus, personally, who is the true light and life that has come into our world. I pray, Lord, that whatever seed has gone out this morning would find a place in the hearts of us all. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.